0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively... Sports. It's
2: the clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You send my world
1: even podcasts, Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or
3: download the TuneIn app to start listening. Give it to me, I'm Welcome in. It's overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I got three things to be thankful for today. I'll tell you all about them. Toby Altizer with you here till 7 o'clock. And then the guys you just heard, Charlie and Dave, will be back on the air talking about... National Spring Training for Nat Spring Training Live. They'll be joined by DJ hers pitcher acquired in the Candelario trade at the trade deadline last year from the Cubs, and also Stone Garrett as he comes back from his injury last year. But as I stated to start, there's three things I'm thankful for today. Number one, as I was driving in today, maybe Donald, you were doing the same thing. I had two companions in the car with me that it's been a little while since they've been with me. But the same guys that are going to be back on the airwaves at 7 o'clock, Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler, were alongside me for the ride. Couldn't be more thankful than to hear those guys back on the radio calling Nationals baseball again.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I was on my way in as well. I was listening in, trying to get here, hustle to the studio. (laughs) And, yeah, it was very, very good to hear their voices. That's how I know spring is in the air. Yeah,
3: you can just feel the warmth through the radio that it's coming you got spring baseball on the way hearing those guys gives me something to be thankful for the second thing that i'm thankful for happened last night and today last night james wood first ab hits a dinger today first ab says you know what i'll do it again
1: now the lefty's ready Looking at the runner at first, kicks, delivers to the plate, and Wood belts it high in the air to deep center field. Back goes Sanoa at the warning track, at the wall, and it is gone, goodbye! For the second day in a row, bang! Zoom goes James Wood to the right of the 400-foot marker and landing at the base of the batter's eye screen in center field. It's a two-run shot to tie the game here in the fifth inning. Two games, two homers for James Wood. It's the Nationals, two of the Marlins, two.
3: And how could you not be thankful that James Wood looks like he's picking up right where he left off last season, taking a big step forward, two home runs in two games, and not just him. Robert Hassel's playing well, just a couple of games in spring training, but the young guys look like they're getting a good start to spring training, a lot to be excited about with that. So that's number two. Third thing I'm thankful for, Donald, this time next week, I'll be leaving the ballpark in the Palm Beaches because I'll be in West Palm watching some Nationals baseball. So there's a lot to be thankful for for me today. <laughs> a lot to be thankful for. A lot, a lot to be thankful for. A lot to do with baseball, warm weather. It's just exciting to have it back on the airwaves here on 106.7 The Fan.
2: Speaking of warm weather, please bring some of that warm <laughs> weather back to D.C. with you.
3: I'm going to try. I'm going to try. It's not too, too bad out today. It is a little nippy, though. It is a little nippy. It's nothing compared to, what, 80, 75, and sunny down there in West Palm. So hopefully I can bring a little bit of, of that back. Well, we got a fun show planned for you guys today. Coming up at 4.30, we're going to talk with the rooster, get some of his thoughts. I, I can't... I got to stop getting on Twitter, Donald. I got to stop getting in these arguments. I don't even know it's arguments. It's maybe just more of a spirited discussion. But we spent three hours on this yesterday, so we're not going to spend another three hours on it today. Trading down on picks isn't an option. (laughs) So we'll talk a little bit about that with Rooster coming up at 430. But I want to talk about the Nationals today. You know, we got Nat Spring Training Live coming up at 7 o'clock. You just heard the Nationals beat the Marlins in their second spring training game, 6-3. to Plenty to talk about there. Coming up at 5 o'clock, I want to talk about the next step for the four young guys that are already on the big league roster. CJ Abrams, Caber Ruiz, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore. What's the next step for those guys? If you're watching the games this year, obviously you know the results and you want to see how they do, but... If you're looking for the next step for these guys to see if they're really taking that step in development, what is it you're looking for? We'll talk about that coming up at 5 o'clock, coming up later in the show as well. I want to talk about Nationals ownership because this is something that came out this week that they're no longer going to be selling the team or it's not on the market anymore. And I know a lot of fans are very frustrated by that. And they're looking at the payroll. They're looking at the team and saying, well, what gives? You know, the, the Cubs just re-signed Cody Bellinger to a three-year deal, which kind of sounds more like a, a one-year deal or a year-by-year deal. Why weren't they in on Cody Bellinger? Or why aren't they signing Blake Snell or Michael Lorenzen or one of these guys? Why didn't they make some sort of splash move this offseason? We're going to talk about that because I don't know that this offseason was the time to do it. So if you're a little frustrated with them, that's fine. You can have that frustration. But I don't know if it's right just yet to go over the edge and be incredibly frustrated with the ownership group for for not spending. I think that comes up next year. We'll talk about that coming up later in the show. But we're going to take a break here as we got started just a, a little late here with the Nationals game running a little bit long. But we'll talk a little bit about what we saw today from the Nationals and last night, and then we'll talk with the Rooster coming up at 4.30. Keep it tuned right here to Overtime on The Fan. Welcome back to overtime on the fans. He'll be all ties are with you till seven o'clock. Then we'll turn it back over to Charlie and Dave at Nats Spring Training Live down in West Palm Beach. They'll be joined by DJ hers and Stone Garrett. So make sure you keep it tuned to the fan all night long. Continuing to talk about the Nationals as they've split their first pair of games. If you didn't get to watch the game last night or listen to the game today, just looking through some of the notable things that happened C.J. Abrams got a hit last night. Nassim Nunez had a hit last night. Lane Thomas had a hit last night. James Wood, the big star of last night with a home run. Also, Robert Hassel, someone that has kind of struggled the last year or so. He was 2-for-3 last night, continued to go in today. The pitcher struggled a little bit last night. Patrick Corbin ended up throwing a lot more pitches than I think they were planning on. He ended up only going an inning and two-thirds, giving up two runs. Yoan Doan struggled two when he came in. It seemed like the Nationals were going to struggle just to get through the game with all the pitchers trying to stretch guys out, but not having them throw 50 pitches, that wasn't the plan, and they were getting around there with Corbin and Adone. Jackson Rutledge had a good two innings last night, gave up just one hit, struck out two, walked one as well. Jordan Weems with a solid outing, striking out one. And DJ hers with a solid outing to close it out there in the ninth. Ended up losing the game 7-4, to four, but DJ hers the last one out of the pen, pitched an inning, walked one, struck out two. Today for the Nationals, again, the big story is James Wood going yard again. And this guy has so much potential. This guy has so much ability. So, so much to be excited about if you're a Nationals fan seeing what James Wood has done. Dylan Cruz played in the game last night. He played in the game once again today. Didn't do anything crazy of note last night. Had a sliding sort of catch, diving sort of catch. Wasn't anything too crazy, but a nice play for him. To Good to see him out there today again. Brady House got into the game. He had an RBI. Carter Keboom, two for three. A good day for him. So a lot of good things happening for the Nats. And I think the one guy outside of Robert... Or, or sorry, outside of James Wood that I want to talk about, is Robert Hassel and what we've seen from him in the first two games. This is a guy that when he was brought over in the Juan Soto trade, he was considered by many, not just locally, not even in San Diego, not just uh, just in the two areas, but nationally, was considered the safest prospect out of all of them. You look at Mackenzie Gore, you look at C.J. Abrams, you look at James Wood now, the guy that we just talked about, and Garlene Susanna, The guy that was viewed as the safest was Robert Hassel III, and last year he really struggled, really, really struggled to a point that this was once a top 100 prospect, maybe didn't have the highest ceiling, maybe wasn't going to be an MVP-caliber player, and maybe not even a a perennial all-star type of player, but someone that you plug into the lineup every day and you feel good about. And last year that wasn't the case. Struggled with strikeouts, coming back from injury, didn't look like the same sort of guy, but through two games... This guy is three for five, a couple RBIs, What you like to see. It's what you like to see out of Robert Hassel. He's hitting the ball well, driving it the other way. That's why you don't give up on a guy. He hasn't had the best calendar year over the last year, maybe even last year and a half. He struggled a bit. But this is a guy that you don't just give up on. You don't just say that, well, too bad we missed on this guy. I think that he's still got the tools in there to be – a helpful player, and it makes everything else work if you can have a guy like a Robert Hassel. You know, Dylan Cruz at some point is going to come up and play center field for this team. James Wood's going to come up, and maybe he'll play some center field, but he's probably going to play a corner outfield spot. And Robert Hassel can make it all work too because he can play all over the outfield, and he's someone that isn't the premier guy. So if you want to save Dylan Cruz's legs and move him to a corner outfield spot, you can because Robert Hassel can play in center field. Robert Hassel is going to be the glue guy. Right, the other guys might be the superstars, but Robert Hassel, when he comes up to the big leagues, is going to be the glue guy. And seeing him just through two games, look like he's starting to figure things out again. And just, you know, again, it's two games, it's spring training. Not going to freak out. But I know a lot of people were starting to question this guy and, and kind of jump off the bandwagon. Don't do that. Like this guy is, he was coming back from an injury, never seemed to really regain everything, but now he's had a full offseason healthy to kind of get back to himself. And it looks like he might have found something. And then the other thing that Vic and I were talking about as he was, you know, producing for Charlie and Dave here in the studios is James Wood. And obviously the talent is immense. And we could spend all day talking about the potential. But what we were discussing, could he make the opening day roster? I still lean towards no. I feel like the easiest route for any of these prospects to make the opening day roster would be Dylan Cruz. And He hasn't had the best first two games yet, so I don't know that anything's changed there. James Wood, two homers in two games. Maybe if he continues to play at this sort of rate and hit a lot of home runs and just force his way onto the roster, maybe they would find a way to get him on there. I still don't think they're going to have any of these guys on the opening day roster, which is kind of a shame. It'd be fun to have one of these guys at the ballpark getting you ready. Opening day at Nats Park is going to be April 1st. Get excited about that. That'd be fun. I don't think it's going to happen, but. I love the fact that we're going to have a discussion. I love that. I would rather these guys play their tails off and force away, uh, force Mike Rizzo to make a decision, force Davey Martinez to make a decision. That's what I've said all along with really any sport. Force these guys to make a decision because it's better if they have to make a decision as opposed to the decision being made for them because you stuck it up. Right? So Dylan Cruz, I still think has the clearest path. And the only reason would be he's going to play more center field Right field's kind of nailed down with Lane Thomas. Joey Gallo is going to play some first base, but he's probably going to play some left field as well. Center field will be kind of open because Victor Robles can play there. It's not really a guaranteed spot for him there. Jacob Young can play center field. Like I-, I think center field's a little bit open. So if they wanted to, they could consider Dylan Cruz there again. I don't think any of these guys make the opening day roster. I wish they would. I just don't think that's going to be the route that they're going to go. But early on. James Wood is at least starting to spark a conversation. It's only two games. Like I said, we're not going to completely overreact. We're not going to say, change all the plans. James Wood's got to be batting third in the lineup opening day. We don't have to freak out just yet, but you see the potential with this guy, and it's a lot to get excited about if you're a Washington Nationals fan. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Chris Russell, the rooster from the Team 980, he's going to join us. I want to talk to him about... The Commanders. People are talking about trading back. What does Rooster want to do in the NFL draft? We'll talk with him next here on The Fan.
0: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Welcome back. Overtime on the fan. Toby Altizer with you until 7 o'clock. Then we'll turn it over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler down in West Palm Beach for Nat Spring Training Live. They'll be joined by DJ Hers. And Stone Garrett, so make sure you keep it tuned right here to the fan all evening long. Right now it's time for us to go out to the BetQL guest hotline and bring in our guest from the Team 980, Chris Russell, the Rooster. Rooster, what's going on? Tobes, so, how are you, man? Um, I was listening to you uh, as I'm
2: driving here through uh, uh, through Somerset, Pennsylvania. Uh, which is you know roughly about three hours from where you are right now on my way back from Canton, Ohio. Uh, and uh, love the spring training talk number one. So I saw James Wood's bomb last night. I have not seen uh, today's. so excited about that uh, and I agree with just about everything you said. so uh, kudos to you and love the spring training talk. Uh, that means it's getting somewhat warmer, I think and uh, <laughs> I wish. maybe a little bit more towards, you know, spring and summer and all that stuff and the nice weather.
3: So I don't know if it's a good thing that you agree with everything that I said, because, you know, generally people <laughs> love your takes, Rooster, so I, I don't know <laughs> if that's the best thing. <laughs> well, you know,
2: listen, um, see, people have me, you, you know, if, if you look at my Twitter caption and my uh, my IG uh, description or whatever, uh, often misunderstood by the non-thinker. <laughs> Okay, so that is my that is my gratuitous cheap shot towards those who don't agree and don't understand how my brain operates, which is on a much higher level than 95 percent of society.
3: (laughs) I love that explanation. So I want to get into some commander's talk here in just a second. But I told Doc I'd bring this up. So Doc was on the radio yesterday and he was Uh trying to hint at someone's birthday. Uh a, uh, a fellow mate of yours on the team 980. Uh, we'll leave uh-huh. it at that. Kevin Sheehan, right? He, he was uh-huh. trying to he was trying to throw out subtle hints and see if people could get uh-huh. the hints he was giving out. Were he said, "I'm not going to mention his name." He said he's 81 years old. <laughs> he's not going to say how old he is. He said 81 years old. He said he's banned from Vegas and Atlantic City. He said he doesn't fly commercial and he said he doesn't drive. He is driven. <laughs> and someone called in Rooster and said it was Chris Russell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, the best part about that is they actually that they actually think I might be like <laughs> close to eighty one. <laughs> I ain't gonna be alive when I'm eighty one. I mean, there is zero chance, Tom. I mean, you have a chance. DOC uh, has a chance. Coach Sheehan has a chance. There ain't no chance in eight G double hockey sticks. I'm making it <laughs> to eighty one. Not at my current rate, man. So thank you to whoever that was. Trying to put me in the happy 81st birthday uh, category.
3: Well, and just to clarify, you said you're on the road. Are you being driven or are you driving?
2: <laughs> oh, I'm driving. No, 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 no. I'm the. De- yeah, you I don't, don't have the chauffeur. I don't do- Yeah, I don't do, like, the junks who, you know, have their own chauffeurs every morning. Uh, You know, Grant Paulson uh, gets chauffeur-driven into D.C., you know, from his mansion in Morton. Uh, You know, Doc doesn't even come into the studio half the time, uh, so he just, you know, stay. Linnell doesn't drive. Linnell gets driven by Uber, and then he gets bad ratings and wonders why he gets left behind and why his Uber drivers are late and why they won't return his stuff. It's because he's a cheap bastard, and he won't tip them, and he won't show up on time. Uh, And then, you know, and and then there's Coach Sheehan, who, yeah, I mean, he just took over Dan Snyder's private jet now that Dan doesn't need Redskin One anymore uh, for official business. He just took that over, so he just, you know, in on
3: that. Does he charge to put the Team 980 logo on the side?
2: That, that's, what uh, I... that's a great question. That's a great
3: question. <laughs> I'll have to ask CK that one. So uh, we're talking with the rooster. Well, I want to get into this discussion because yesterday I had a whole show planned, rooster. We were going to get into some Nationals talk. We were going to get into some various Commanders topics. And we started with the topic, and we went three hours, callers, nonstop, the same topic. And it's trading back. And I don't understand where people are getting this idea that that's the right move. Um, Mm -hmm. ESPN put out a piece saying bold moves, not predictions, but bold moves that teams could do. And they kind of threw out the same idea, trading back from number two. I am wholeheartedly against that. What say you? Okay, so here's what I'm absolutely against, and that's
2: trading up to number one. Let's start there. Um, I think it's most likely that they stay at number two, I am open under the right circumstances. And this is where it gets tricky to moving back from number two. But I, as I put it, Toby, I've said, Hey, you know what? You have to either go to number three in a switcheroo with new England. IE if new England likes, you know, Drake may more than Jaden Daniels and they want to make sure that they're going to get Drake may instead of, you know, whatever is left over. Then maybe they move up and you move down. If you like Jaden Daniels more than Drake May, or if you like both quarterbacks, say the same. To trade down one spot, I don't think would be like out of this world crazy. To trade down out of the top three, that's where it starts to get dicey. If you are like most, and if Adam Peters is like most, and you are hell bent into thinking this team needs to draft its free uh, its franchise or potential franchise quarterback. Now, the one thing, the one caveat I would add to that is, it's possible. It's entirely possible that Adam Peters and whoever else, Tim Gribble, who's still in charge of college scouting, uh, uh, you know, Martin Mayhew, who's still here, Marty Herney, who's still here at the scouts. It's entirely possible, Doug, that they don't love these guys. Uh, You know, like, we just automatically assume that it has to be one of these three guys. Well, what if you're Adam Peters and you're like, you know, I I, I mean, there's definitely good traits. There's definitely good throws. There's definitely good cut-ups. But that's 80% of the time against college defenses. What about the other percentage of the time where I see bad footwork or bad arm angles or bad reads or holding on to the ball too long or inaccuracy 10 yards north of the line of scrimmage? I know Jaden Daniels can drop one in the bucket 45 yards down the field to a wide-open Malik Neighbors on the run against an SEC defense. I got that. What does he do consistently 10 yards north of the line of scrimmage a la what Patrick Mahomes has turned out to be. Mm-hmm. So these are all the things that I wonder about, which would make me wonder if they would trade down past three. But that's right now where I would stand is most likely stay at two, and then maybe a small chance, a small chance that they drop down to number three, and then an even my, more minute chance that they would drop out of the top three.
3: Well, so the reason that a lot of people want to trade down, and I think it's a fine reason, but I think they're missing some context here, is they want to build up the roster. And that's fine. That's a great idea. But I laid it out this way. With the context of where you're at, drafting number two overall, and a good Mm -hmm. quarterback quarterback class by, you know, just consensus people think this is a good quarterback class. you know, We don't know their evaluation, but people think that this is a good quarterback class. And you have $85 million in cap space, two second-round picks, and two third-round picks already. People look at that and say, well, they should trade down and get more assets so they can build up the roster. But I look at it and say, you've got to get the quarterback at some time. You're in a prime position to get the quarterback, and you already have extra assets to go ahead and build up the roster
2: yeah and, and and I agree with you because it's what five in the top 100 six in the top 104 I believe it is yes yeah, um, like you know in, in terms of overall picks and you know I, so again I would say that's why it's unlikely for me that they will move down and as long as they don't move up I'm better with that than if they don't if they don't move down or if they if they stay at number two and take their shot at, again, most likely Drake May or Jane Daniels. Although I do not think it's an absolute slam dunk like everyone else does that Caleb Williams is for sure going number one. That's a different argument, different story, different day, different topic. To your point, right? Yes, you do need the quarterback. Now what I've wondered all along is does a guy like Adam Peters, who comes from San Francisco uh, and even before that Denver where you know, outside of Peyton Manning, they struggled to land the franchise-defining quarterback, right? Um, so, does he have a philosophy that you don't have to do whatever it takes to get and to take the potential franchise quarterback, meaning trade up or? just take a guy because everybody seems to think that's the guy when he's not the guy. And and, and again, I don't know that because we don't know Adam Peters well enough other than, again, potentially looking at his, you know, his, his past history and saying, well, they gambled once in San Francisco and it was a really bad gamble. How much he had to do with that? Don't know. He had to have something to do with it, but don't know. And the point being is, Again, sometimes a good general manager, Toby, could look around and say, well, I'm not going to take a quarterback, number two or number three, just because everybody thinks that's the way I have to go. And if I'm not comfortable with this guy, again, say, uh, you know, like Drake May, if you look at him, right, and I know this is a long-winded explanation, just work with me here. <laughs> if you watch the wrong tape on Drake May, you're going to walk away going, Really? Really? If you watch that Virginia tape in mid-October, if you watch the Clemson and South Carolina tape, uh, not South Carolina, uh, Clemson and North Carolina State tape at the end, you're going to go, Ehh. but if you watch seven other tapes, you might go, dude, this guy is just everything you could ask for. So it really depends on how Adam Peters kind of processes that. Does he watch The tapes that he struggled and say, no, no, I can fix that. We can get that fixed and we can elevate that against better defenses. Or does that turn him off? And so, again, I just kind of wonder where Adam Peters and where I guess the rest of the front office is in all of this. And I do wonder, do they look around and say, you know what, maybe Bo Nix, maybe Michael Penix, maybe, I don't know, Spencer Rattler, maybe somebody like that is better at the end of the first round or at the top part of the second round and doing it that way and go getting that franchise-changing left tackle or Marvin Harrison Jr., somebody to add to Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. I mean, again, I, I, I think this is, like, maybe I'm trying to make an argument, but I think this is all reasonable stuff here.
3: Yeah, I think it is. Uh, Talking with Chris Russell, the rooster on the BQL guest hotline, I think it's reasonable to – that's the one thing that I'll give people that want to trade down. They have to be fully on board that they don't like these guys, and Adam Mm. Peters isn't fully on board. If they think that these top three guys are all really good and have that sort of grade that they should take them up there and then they pass on them, which we would never know. We're never going to be in the meetings. They're never going to let us know. Right. But if they have that sort of grade and they trade down, I think it's the wrong decision. But I want to ask you this, because I've said this multiple times, and I, as I think about it more, I just I really think this is the case. Whether it's Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, or Drake May, take your pick. I, I don't really care which of the three you choose. I think that any one of them has the ability to be a pro bowl, maybe even an all-pro caliber quarterback. It comes down to the development. So the question is... I know you were a big Dan Quinn guy. I don't exactly remember what you feel about Kingsbury and his staff. Do you think the coaches that are in place are going to be able to develop these guys? Do they have (laughs) the right guys to do this?
2: Uh, Listen, I, I I feel pretty good about where they're at in terms of the ability to potentially develop between not only Cliff Kingsbury... But also Brian Johnson coming across from the Eagles, and remember he was Jalen Hurts' quarterback's coach before becoming the offensive coordinator uh, last year, and then of course Tavita Pritchard who stays on, um, and you know, and, and he was uh, a college quarterback at Stanford, and and so, and it was widely considered, you know, pretty smart. I, I do think they have the right mix in terms of quarterback development. We'll have to see how it works out. So. I guess if your question to me is, can you take a non-perfect guy and develop him and hope that he grows into something special, being able to be full-time at his craft? Yes, I hope that's the case. I don't know that's the case. And I think, I think that's possible. But what I am, you know what, Caleb? and even, again, Drake May, and even if you want to go Jaden Daniels, right? Because Jaden Daniels only did it for one big-time year at LSU. Before that, it was kind of like up and down, hit and miss at Arizona State. Like, Can can you equate what Caleb Williams did at USC against cheesy-ass Pac-12 defenses to what he's going to face in the NFL? Never mind the NFC East. I'm just talking about week in, week out in the NFL. And it's just a different beast, man. No matter who your coach is, no matter what you're developing, no matter what you showed on tape in college, it is different playing in the Pac-12 than it is in the NFL and in the NFC. And never mind the NFC East, right, which we all still expect to be, you know, pretty tough defensively. Why? Because it always is, uh, not, not in every case, but pretty tough is what you would expect out of the NFC East. So uh, again, I, 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 do worry that people go, Oh, well, 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 they're just going to be able to develop any cat. I don't know that. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I, it sounds like you are more sure of that than, than I am, but that, and that's okay. That's, that's fine. That that's what we do. Right. Um, I, I worry, worry, especially if they have to give up something that, that price that pressure will be too much if they stay at two or if they slightly trade down again in a scenario that i mentioned with new england at three and you know get something else then i can live with that being a mistake much much easier than if they trade it up to number one and that turns out to be a mistake for whatever reason and it could be injury right it could be injury that it turns out to be a mistake, not even talent or talent decision. So this is what this is what is is intriguing and fun, and also what drives us nuts and what gives us hope is because you never know. Are you drafting the next Joe Burrow? Are you drafting the next, uh, you know, um, what's the kid up in New York, uh, Zach Wilson? Yeah. You know, you just yeah. never know.
3: Yeah, I think it's so intriguing because, like you said. For every example of a guy that didn't work out, you can find a guy that did work out and vice versa. And just to clarify on it, I'm kinda I'm kind of questioning the staff. I'm not big on Cliff Kingsbury. I like the Brian Johnson hire, but I think ultimately it's gonna come down to how they develop these guys because all of them have their flaws. There is no perfect prospect. And, you know, you're not looking at a Joe Burrow entering the league as much as I like Caleb Williams. Even if you got him somehow, there's still flaws there. But looking ahead, moving on from the draft here, Rooster, looking at free agency, they're going to have a lot of cap space, most of the league. I think it's intriguing because we were having this discussion in the office the other day about spending an edge rusher. You know, maybe a Bryce Huff is available for $18 million, or do you go Mm -hmm. bargain hunting with a guy like a Dorrance Armstrong for a little bit cheaper, and... My question when you look at some of the top dollar guys, not the Brian Burns or the Josh Allens, but my, that second tier that's going to get 15, 20 million. Right. Does that not go right back to the conversation we had about Montez Sweat? About it's a little bit different price, I understand. But part of the reason that we were on board, if you liked the Montez Sweat trade, is you can't keep spending money on the defensive line. And yet some of those same people I'm seeing say, yeah, let's go spend 20 million on Bryce Huff.
2: Yeah, and and that's a fair question. Um, it, with the exception of here's how I would argue: if you're spending say 18 to 20 million dollars on a Bryce Huff who had what 10 and a half sacks last year, or say even if you went one step further with a little bit more of a veteran and a known commodity, like I was talking about on Thursday, I believe, or, no Wednesday, um, you know, when I was at command command land in Ashburn. Like a Daniil Hunter, right? Because I think Burns is going to get the franchise tag. I think Josh Allen is going to get the franchise tag. I'm not in that business of trading assets to to sign a free uh, to, to sign a free. Forget about that. Yeah. Um. So so if you're going to spend, let's just call it twenty million dollars a year on a Bryce Huff or a Daniil Hunter, and it might be a little bit rich for Bryce Huff just based on track record, whatever. Like it was going to cost you roughly twenty five million dollars a year, I believe for Montez Sweat, right? That's kind of the deal he got in Chicago to sign on a long-term deal. I don't think you were going to get him for $21 million a year, or even $22 million a year. I could be wrong, but I I don't think that's what was going to happen. So I guess what I would say is if I could get an edge pass rusher that Dan Quinn and Joe Witt Jr. feel is a good fit in my system, along with Jonathan Allen and Daron Payne, and hopefully they are better in this aggressive attack style. Then, and and if that guy costs me $20 million, then I think I've won that because then I've also got the second round pick number 40 overall from Montez Sweat as well. So I guess it depends on the price of the guy that they go out and get. You mentioned uh, the kid from Dallas, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, Armstrong, Armstrong right. I, I think he had uh, like eight and a half sacks, somewhere in that range last year, and obviously Dan and this staff know him. Now, I wouldn't want to pay $20 million for him, no. but I mean, if you said, hey, uh, I, you can get him for $12 million a year, $11 million a year, and then I can go out and get somebody else to fortify my other edge spot so that Andre Jones and KJ Henry don't have to play a ton of snaps and the world isn't expected out of them, then a different type of recipe, if that makes sense. So there's, again, multiple ways they can attack this. I mean, maybe I assume too much that they're going to go with people that they're familiar with. Um, I I don't think we should absolutely say just because Armstrong came from Dallas, that's the reason why they're going to go out and get him. Um, But I think I I would probably lean towards one of those guys where maybe you can get two two players for the price of what Montez Sweat was going to cost you, and really, even if you only get one, you still got the second-round pick, and that's what Montez Sweat was going to cost, you know, for the price that Montez Sweat was going to cost you. As long as you're not going crazy and spending $25, $26 million per year yeah. on an edge pass rusher like a Daniil Hunter or a Brian Burns and giving up all sorts of assets, no thanks. I don't want that.
3: Hey, Rooster, appreciate the time, man. I've kept you too long, and uh, tell your chauffeur that I apologize for keeping you for 20 minutes.
2: Uh, no problem. You'll love this. I stopped outside of the Allegheny mountain tunnel just for you. Oh, wow. I thought I heard just you maybe you. stop.
3: So, Hey, I yeah, appreciate it, Rooster.
2: I, I, I didn't want to lose. I didn't want to lose you. Uh, and you know, I wanted to, uh, continue to pollute, uh, the airwaves. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, God willing, if I make it home the rest of the way, but, uh, thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah, have,
3: have a safe trip. Hey, right. you heard from the Rooster. He joined us on the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. If you want to hear more of the rooster, he's on weekdays, Monday through Friday, 1 to 4 p.m. on the Team 980. I don't know. You a big rooster guy? (laughs) I love the rooster. I love
1: the rooster, man. How can you not?
2: The fact that he pulled over for us and
3: everything, the best. you
2: got to love him,
1: man.
3: One of the best, one of the best. The fact that his chauffeur would pull over for us. It's awesome. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little more Commanders football, then we'll get back into some Nationals baseball coming up at 5:30. Keep it tuned to The Fan. Tune In is the audio platform with
1: something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively Sports.
2: South clock at 4. Doncic. The step back three, you bitch. Music. You set my world
1: on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800.